Hey, it's Chaya and thanks for listening to Ask a Jew. In this week's episode, you'll notice that I drop out of the conversation about 19 minutes in. I left because Yael was really pissing me off. Just kidding. We had some technical issues and couldn't figure out how to fix it. Our guests were great, so Yael went on without me. She was thrilled. She loved it. I don't know. I might need a new co-host. As usual, please like and subscribe to Ask a Jew on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you listen to this podcast. Also, you can email us at askajewpod at gmail.com and follow our substack at askajew at substack.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Ask a Jew, where a secular, sinful Israeli speaks to her religious, holy friend. I am Yael, here with Chaya Leah. We have not one, but two guests with us. I don't know how we're going to manage. They're, they're both boys, too. I don't know yeah, it's what true. we're going to do. We well, do they little... identify? How do you know? Make sure they identify as that. Don't just assume. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I, you know, I always get nervous when there are boys in the, uh, in the digital room. Um, hi, Jeremy. Hi, Ari. Hi. Uh, Jeremy Carrican, Ari Axelrod. Uh, I was going to introduce you, but Chayla said, let them introduce themselves. Well, I mean, you could say something about them, but let them like, you cannot explain what they do. I can't explain you're what Israeli. they do, but it's true. And my English isn't so great. Wait, but I, I want to, can I hear you try and explain what they do? I, yeah, try yes. and explain it, Yael. Okay, yeah. I will. C- can I, can I, one explanation for both of you or separately? <laughs> Separate. Separate. They're not Separate. one person. Separate. Jews okay. aren't a monolith. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll for, well, I'll start. I'll start from the top, like a funnel, like an upside down funnel. I'll start from the top. They are here to represent the Broadway community. You are the voice of theater today, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> you represent every union, every every <laughs> fan. Um, you are, and and we have a lot. We have a lot of things that we want to talk to you about that we we expect answers for. Uh, I'll start with Jeremy because I actually know Jeremy. Jeremy is a wonderful playwright and actor. Um, he wrote the show Lifespan of a Fact, which co-wrote. means that he co-wrote. Doesn't matter right now. It your co- your co-writer isn't here. Right. Um, yeah, but how cares? many Don't times? Give him credit. How many times would you say you touched Daniel Radcliffe? <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly didn't count, and if I did, that would be a little creepy. But I'd say between eleven and seventeen. When he he was reading the lines that you wrote, did you like put, put a hand him. on his shoulder? <laughs> it's Leviosa, not Leviosa. <laughs> That's right. And rug, uh, rug, rug. No, he. I, I mean, you know, occasional, you know, occasional handshaking things. Okay. That's okay. How, what we do hugs this is what theater hugs. people do we hug each other fair yeah, enough yeah you're, you're, you're very uh, you're you're all a lot more affectionate than uh than what we're used to uh <laughs> ari i will ari said not to introduce him as a cabaret artist so i will <laughs> definitely so it's definitely the first thing you say that's not nice. a cabaret artist but rather an actor director producer and i would say um the theater's uh very openly Jewish Jew. Right. Yes. Would that be correct? Well, my internet cut out during all of that, so I'm going <laughs> to trust you and say, yeah, you nailed it. Nailed it like he's on the cross. Speaking of Jews. Jesus. Yeah, speaking of Jews. You can always assume that we said something when you were off. You can always assume it was about Jews or the Holocaust or something like that. And ding, ding, ding. There it is. up an altar boy in California. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's basically... Uh, listen, I, uh, I don't want to... I can... Can I swear? Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Okay, mother listens to this podcast, but she's used to it. She gets now. mad, but gets over it. It's fine. Hi, Ima. Hi, Chayla. Um... <laughs> I don't want to shit talk. This. I don't want to <laughs> shit talk the cabaret world, but that's a good way to start a sentence. I don't want to shit talk him. No, I'm but not I, racist, I, but I'm, I'm grateful for the cabaret world. I'm grateful for what they do and, and um, to be a part of it. But it is not the only thing that I do, and uh, um, I, I just I, I I don't like when people introduce me as this is Ari, he's a fabulous cabaret singer. I'm like. God, I'm also from Michigan. I'm also, I had brain surgery and I'm an actor wow. and a director. Can I say you're a fabulous singer though? Because you are a fabulous singer. Yes, 
I would, okay. of course. <laughs> you can say that as often as you want, actually. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Jeremy, I, how, I want to ask, yeah, well, I want to yeah. ask you guys both, how'd you get into this field? Jeremy, start with you. I... I was growing up in Rochester, New York, and was a drama teacher by the name of Jack Langerak, who uh, thought I should try out for a high school play, and I was absolutely terrible at it. <laughs> and uh, I didn't get the role, and I thought because I was a I was a freshman in high school, so I thought I'm a, uh, I, I have a stage fright, so I just tried to do a lot of exposure therapy in order to get used to talking in public. So I did Model UN debate clubs and things like that Aww. and then eventually kind of got hooked on it um you know like wow. one does That's and ari how about it. you how'd you get into it um growing up my brother who is almost a foot taller than i am so i grew up in his shadow literally and figuratively um, <laughs> i'm not short i'm six feet uh, oh my I'm a, god I'm a, I'm a jewish six feet i'm five eleven and three quarters um, <laughs> we call but, that an online dating six feet yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I round up. My brother is six eight. What? Wow. Uh, he's very tall, and he growing up, he was uh, an actor and a singer and a gorgeous dancer. He has you know, long legs that could do the splits and stretch and all this stuff. Wow. And I grew up playing drums, and I had a catering business called the Olive Branch. And first grade, you know, Jewish entrepreneurial skills from a very young age. Um, <laughs> In first grade. First grade, I would come to Hebrew Day School. <laughs> Uh, with menus and uh, pass them out and to my um, classmates. You're like an Class. overachieving lemonade stand entrepreneur. <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> right. so I'd make like chocolate cake with chocolate frosting and like Israeli salad and challah and all this stuff. Wow. Um, but I, I mainly played drums and none of my family members, not none, I don't have a memory of my family members chomping at the bit to come to my drum recitals. But they all <laughs> came to my brother's shows. Oh my like God. Tree number four in Into the Woods Jr. Um, I was like, I am an attention whore. I want people to chomp at the bit to see me stand with branches and leaves attached to my body. So <laughs> that's how it started. And then um, in high school, I skipped a lot of school because I hated school um and i would drive around listening to sirius xm on broadway and found myself feeling seen and heard and emotionally um, wow. nourished for the first mm. time um and so i just couldn't get enough and for like my entire junior and senior year of high school what was your I, show what was that the one show that like limits which one limits Oh, oh limits. Limits. I, I, thought, I thought it was a show I've never heard of. Yeah, I'm like, wow. Limits? Limits. 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 Everybody loves a good Limits, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> except, for Jer- except for Jeremy. Jeremy, I know that there is a difference between saying, I, I hear you, but I disagree, and you're wrong <laughs> in this situation. It's personal. It's a personal taste. I I'm a guys we, and dolls kind of guy. I'm just musical comedy is where I. Is, that's, can we that's agree though that Russell Crowe was terrible in that movie? Before you say another word, you then. I'll be with you. I swim in the stars. That was torture, and he actually has great. a band. He has no oh, so what, about, what about the fact that Hugh Jackman belted the beginning of Bring Him Home? I'm like, you know that. Everyone around you is asleep right now. Why are you screaming? Fair, but Hugh Jackman can get away with much more. There's than something, and that Crow. whole movie was shot in close-ups, so they're belting yeah. like this. So like, <laughs> too much. The whole, the whole point of Blame is is that it, it was like huge and vast, and like was built as a mega musical. And mm-hmm. so to do it in close-ups, see is their noses. I have to say that the only scene in that movie worth watching is the scene with Sasha Baron Cohen and oh, Helena Bonham Carter. That was the fun. song in the in the bar, like good. when they're stealing everything. I thought that I I watched that's, it. A bunch that's of always going to remind I, me of Seinfeld, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Seinfeld I episode. I'm like sure there's suicide because I knew that it meant Russell Crowe wasn't going to be singing anymore for the rest of the movie. <laughs> 
<laughs> a friend of mine just saw the news. A friend of mine just saw the news. Seagull, and this is off the record. If it's ever on, I'm never going to. You know the show is uh, recorded, right? Yeah, of course it is. I don't okay. care. It's, I'm not telling his name, but he goes. I've never, I've, I've never wanted a suicide as much in my life. <laughs> it's like you know. It's like the Diary of Anne Frank. She's in the attic. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay, speaking of Anne Frank, that's a fun start to a sentence. My <laughs> freshman year of college, I went to a school that was founded by nuns, which is really oh. lovely. Um, um, also, speaking of suicide, one of the buildings was haunted because one of the nuns allegedly um, ended her life by suicide. By jumping wow, because Jews wow. don't haunt things. Like, only Christians haunt <laughs> things. Too, I was, I haven't, have you ever heard of a Jewish ghost? It's a, a whole play. It's an important play. They haunt we haunt we do some haunting we did in in the building that was haunted my freshman year they did a musical called yours Anne, which is a musical about anne frank after eight no shoes no shoes for the jews like you realize that when you start singing that's like putting a neon sign right on the end when you sing you will be what have you thought of that Wait, there is. How am I only hearing about this for the first time in my life that there is an Anne Frank musical? Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. more than one. This was just the the one that we did. Wow, oh, my God. Actually, there's a Lolita musical. <laughs> Can we agree that Anne Frank peaked early? Like, who knows? <laughs> who knows what she could have written if she How long did it take us to get to the Holocaust? Oh, God, we're there. Not long enough. But our friend, uh, our friend, um, I think Michael Moynihan, who was on the show, and he quoted, um, what's her face, who tells the joke, the old uh, Jewish lady who died, who was doing, like, the fashion thing. Joan Rivers, yeah. Thank you. Uh, old Jewish lady that died. I really narrowed it down. Yeah, I know. But he said that Joan Rivers had this one joke where she's like, I'm sick of people talking about Anne Frank. You know, she wrote one book. (laughs) (laughs) But has that one book, I don't know if the stats are right about this, has that one book sold more copies than the Bible? It's at least competitive. Mm. And like, no one's like, you know what? Enough about God. He only wrote right. one book. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's sold not, as much as the firm. I don't know. It's Maybe. no Harry really? Potter, but. She's a It's Who's more there. controversial, do you think, Anne Frank or J.K. Rowling? <laughs> oh, my <J.K>. God. Rowling. <laughs> these days. <laughs> these days. Yeah. Poor Anne um, Frank. I'd rather be Anne Frank these days. Maybe. <laughs> Ow. Um, okay, wait. So Ari, what what happened to your brother? What's he doing now? Tell us he's like working in insurance or something. He's a doctor. No, he's, a, he's a multi-award winning screenwriter in Los Angeles. Oh my god. Oh, really? And uh, he, he Is he still uh, tall? Taller. <laughs> and it's I was like he's like just gonna continue growing until you know <laughs> the day he dies. It's just it's absurd. It's it's I'm again a Jewish six feet, and I go up to his shoulder. It's so humiliating. Can you imagine um, me standing next to him? I'm four eleven. It would be hilarious. <laughs> oh, it's good. I have a lot of short friends. When my brother comes to visit, like short friends, can I introduce him to, to my no, sister, who's also four eleven, met Kevin Durant at a hotel once, and he must be how tall? Kevin Durant must be in. Yeah, yeah. she was like up to his waist. It was really funny. It's a great picture. He's six ten. Sorry, six ten. Six ten. Yeah, yeah. yeah. much much shorter than your brother. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the tallest Jew I've ever heard of, except for Amari Stoudemire, I guess. Yeah. What about uh, Andre the Giant? He was Jewish. He one of us. Yeah. What? He was, he was a member of the tribe. Yeah, he's a French Jew. Wait, he's I French. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure he no, was. I'm fact checking you right please now. Please fact check. There might, this might be misinformation, but you I had a dream. Right. I do know Samuel Beckett used to drive him to school. Wow, um, really? Samuel Beckett had a pickup truck, and he was like enormous even then. And you know, a few times uh, he used to drive him. Oh, wow. yeah. he was seven four. He's not Jewish. Are you oh, sure? It's just Wait. French. Now it's saying he was. Now it's saying he was. I this just first heard it one, real quick. 
No, Jew or not. You know the website Jew or not Jew.com? They're saying no. But then the next <laughs> Is website. Is that a neo Nazi website or a Jewish website? It could be both. It's, it could be either way. Yeah, it's sponsored by the Proud Boys. Um, but he this is, Russian. I don't know. He was I don't Russian. know. He, he might had a be. Russian background, but. Uh, Guys, let's, uh, let's take anyways. him. Let's, let's just take him. Don't but. Take him. So the reason we, we have you guys on here in such short notice is we wanted to talk about uh, what happened this week uh, on on Broadway at the preview of the show Parade with, uh, I keep wanting to say Michael Sarah, but it's not Michael Sarah, it's Ben Platt. Um, is I don't know if that's like a wrong thing to say. Uh, I think they're, they're both kind of like Nebuchadnezzar they Jewish have nothing kids. in common. Oh, they no. have a ton. Um, and I don't know if no. Michael Sarah can sing. I know Ben Platt can sing. Um, so Parade it, is Parade is a Broadway show, right? About the Leo Frank story. Is that correct? Yes, yes. written by Alfred Urey, Jason Robert and, Brown. And originally directed by uh, the late great Hal Prince. And give mm-hmm. us a background about the Leo Frank case because we didn't do any research for the show. So <laughs> we know. Vaguely. I know the story, right. Elle. I, I think he was a banker or something. But. Oh, my God. <laughs> was the, he was, no, he was the, super, the superintendent of a pencil factory in uh, Marietta, Georgia. Um, Just outside from, of Atlanta. From right. Brooklyn. Uh, he married Lucille, who was born in Atlanta, who was Jewish. And uh, I think Lucille's uncle got him a job at the pencil factory. Working at the pencil factory, it is Memorial Day. Uh young girl who's not Jewish named Mary Fagan um, is raped and murdered uh, and Leo Frank is put on trial for the murder and is convicted and sentenced to death and then Lucille works with the then governor of Georgia to expose how the prosecution kind of intimidated witnesses and kind of massaged the case to fan the flames of anti-Semitism to get a guilty verdict a, a Jew, and then sentence was commuted, and then uh, shortly after the sentence was commuted, townspeople of Marietta broke into Leo's jail cell and kidnapped him and lynched him. And to this day, the, the, yeah. the murder case of Mary Fagan is still ongoing. Wow. Mm. But so, but the, I mean the what I guess people were people were protesting outside the show and by people I wouldn't call it a protest a handful of of, of virgins uh, some would say um, <laughs> who were but incels who were basically saying you know this show is talks about Leo Frank being innocent but in fact uh, he is guilty in this hundred year old case uh, we know that because I don't know he's a pedophile and something it's it's the same school of thought of people who think like Jeffrey Epstein I think is connected to everything. Um, these were, this was a neo-Nazi group that, uh, you know, that just, just, that decided they don't have any evidence for this. They make it, they made it up. He's a Jew. He's therefore he's degenerate. Therefore he mm -hmm. did it. We don't, we don't know. And they, I don't even know if they think this, they did this to get some kind of media, uh, which some people are giving them. Uh, and, uh, Mm -hmm. there's, you know, I, I don't know what they're doing in New York, uh, you know, in, you know, neo-Nazis on Broadway, um, not since the producers were not really interested. <laughs> they're not, they're, they're not welcome. We're not interested in them. They're, they're, they're the past. Uh, and they're probably not even the past. These are cosplayers. So, so uh, what, so what happened? Uh, what, what did that like? And, and I, I'll admit, I'll be, you know, very, I'm, I'm very Israeli about these things. I see this stuff on Twitter and I, I kind of laugh and mock it, you know, a little, it, it's disturbing to me, but it's mostly something that I say, like, you know, look at these, look at this bunch of losers. But it seems like it had some people took it um, a little more seriously than I did. Right. Yeah. 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 I think. Um, if I'm going to, let me zoom out for a second. I think that in the. Um. I'll speak for myself in that I know that there have been times where I've experienced anti-Semitism, whether microaggressive or extremely overt. Um, and my first reaction is to think uh, there's no way that I could possibly be experiencing anti-Semitism or prejudice of any kind because I am white and I'm straight and this prejudice is not real. It doesn't affect me. 
that is simply not true. But I think that that is kind of this internalized anti-Semitism, this internalized belief that the Jewish people, whether they are white Jewish people, um, or white adjacent, are, whatever that are, means, right, are, are, are white before we're Jewish. Therefore, whatever we feel as Jews can't possibly be that bad because our whiteness, for lack of a better term, trumps our experience as of Jews feeling oppressed because of our Jewish identities. That is a belief that exists very firmly on the left, and the theater community in New York specifically exists. 95 to 99% on the left. On the left. So so for anti-Semitism, for, for that kind of rhetoric to come, and, and we have this belief that like New York is safe for Jews. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't see this in Manhattan. So for anti-Semitism, for, for rhetoric like that to come to our doorstep, both as New York Jews and also as theater artists, made the experience, made it really hard to deny that anti-Semitism affects us anymore. Mm. It was the first time that it had come this close to home in the theater district in Manhattan in a show about Jews. It just made it like real for people in a way that it might not have been so personally mm-hmm. real. And before. I, I have a similar experience to Ari, you know, that you, you get these little microaggressions from the left side of things and you kind of get used to it. And you're like, listen, that's an anti you, you can sometimes you confront it. You say, listen, that's an anti-Semitic notion. I don't think you're an anti-Semite necessarily. I would say that, that if I get another BDS uh, uh, petition shoved in my face, I'm, I'm going to lose my shit, but that's okay. <laughs> We'll get there. Uh, but I got used to it on this side of the equation. Then suddenly the neo-Nazis are here. It's a real smack in the face wake up call that we're not done with the old work yet. That mm. that it's it happens everywhere around us. And we're getting and we just got it's another moment that we're just exhausted of it. Anti-Semitic incidents are up in Brooklyn and Los Angeles. Uh of course, mm-hmm. Trade Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh, all of these things, it, it keeps happening and it keeps happening more and more. It's happening more and more, The uh, depending if the, more if the, I don't know, if the FBI or the ADL statistics are, uh, oh, yeah, are winning, but it, it's going up. Yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. there's no denying that, that it's going up. But it seems to me to be sometimes, depending on where you stand. So if it's coming from, the left or from kind of anti-Israel perspective, you get uh, people on the right getting very, very upset. Uh, and if it comes from the right, you get people from the left getting very upset. And in the I'm meantime... I'm since I don't come from either of those, I mm-hmm. always see it on... I, You're I, always I, upset. I it, I'm always but upset because I see yeah. it on those sides all the time. And, yeah. But, this, but the, selective, the, the selective... The selective outrage. Ignorance... Yeah, the selective outrage and the selective ignoring of the people on your own side. Yeah. Well, and also the and also I think the matter of scale too, because I I was talking, and again, this is like my my, my um uh, what do you call it? Like my disclaimer here is that I'm a bit of a cynical Israeli, but you know I see people like changing their Facebook photo photo to like I I stand against anti-Semitism and no hate is allowed here. I'm like no shit. Like, really? Oh, thank you for letting me know that you're not anti-Semitic. Well, it's how it's I feel about people flying the Ukrainian flag. I'm like, yeah. explain to me how that's helping the Ukrainian people right now. Yeah. And then, look, it makes, makes you feel, feel good. good. It makes you feel part of something. And, and I don't deny, you know, maybe the importance of, of making yourself kind of feel part Solidarity. of a community. Yeah. Solidarity. It's but, a little advertisement to American politicians to say, you know, if you want to give them some leftover ammunition, go ahead. I'm not going to vote against you. I guess. Maybe. Yeah. And by but the way, if you're, if you're yeah. wondering where Chayalea went, um, her power just went out in L.A. because there is actually a real storm in L.A. happening right oh, now. Oh, that's right. There's like snow. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So we can uh, we can talk shit about her. <laughs> um, or maybe one of you can actually audition to replace her because honestly, I've been looking for somebody to replace her for a while now. But she sends her apologies. Deborah Lipstead said it best when she said, if we can call it out across the aisle, we have to also call it out when it happens next to us. Yep. Yeah. I think that, that 
you know, same thing when Don Lemon on CNN a couple weeks ago or last week, time is oh. <laughs> for me, said what he said about women, that women are in their prime, in their, prime. In their, their 20s or yeah. 30s. And then I think it was Poppy Harlow and, and um, oh, what is her name? I can't remember her name. Caitlin Collins were like, where's the data to support that? And said, Google it. I didn't see anyone on the left. If and there's anybody you want to trust about that, women, it's Don you're, Lemon. You're not good reading stock anymore. You're but, done. But yeah. I didn't see anybody on the left post something saying what he said was wrong. It doesn't yeah. matter that he is queer and black and on the left. What mm-hmm. he said was sexist. Yeah. yeah. We have no and, problem and, calling it out when a Fox News anchor says something like that. But we need to get better at calling it out with somebody that we agree with. And that might look like us and love like us. Is that something offensive? You just don't have. I you don't think well, maybe yeah. the, the Whoopi Goldberg thing. You know, when, yeah. I, 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 I was, people called Whoopi Goldberg out, right? They did. They did. But I think they kind of went too far. I'm sort of. I, I, I don't want to take her job away. I don't want to punish her. I that's always say, stupid. Like, go to the Holocaust Museum and you'll be all better. Oh, yeah, exactly. I've got to go. Yeah. What, are you going to go get a mikvah and it's all clean? No. Just, <laughs> I want to talk to you and say this is why it's wrong. I understand why you said it. Maybe you know who did that? You know who did that really well is um, Nick Cannon and Barry oh, the Weiss. Nick yes, better. Yeah. Yeah. I also don't think that it helps no. the anti-Semitic no, conspiracy theorists who believe that Jews control the media, that when... So then the media punishes them, like, see? And then yeah. you, and then <laughs> the the drum, media like, got together. I think when when Jonathan Greenblatt at the ADL said, I'm not interested in cancel culture, I'm interested in cancel culture, I thought that that would That's be nice. Yeah, yeah. I think that Although I have my... I have my misgivings about the ADL as oh, well. Everybody does. And <laughs> so do the people who are protesting outside a parade, by the way. They don't like the ADL either. And I'm like, yeah, I'm actually with you on that one. But to me, it's, it's, yeah. I, I like to think that I, I want to pay attention when, you know, like what's important to me is scale and actual harm versus, you know, versus perceived harm. Um, so, you know, when people are, when two people were shot outside of an L.A. synagogue last week, that's a problem. And I'm not saying everybody needs to stop what they're doing and only talk about that problem. But it's hard for me to take seriously people who are, mm, like, not concerned about that, but, you know, kind of rush to write on their Facebook that they support the, you know, the Jewish people and everybody be safe. I don't even necessarily want people to support me to support the jewish people yeah (laughs) agree that i'm human and let me live my life i don't care like i'm I'm an individual like you one of the things that we talked about this week is we're not asking to make the fight against anti-semitism the top priority Mm -hmm. we're just asking people to make it a priority and and i think i i I hear what you're saying yeah but i also know that it's a slippery slope. And if we mm. don't call out words, if we let words go unchecked, then I fear for the actions that will result when the words go unchecked. Look at Kanye. Mm. Kanye yeah. hasn't, didn't cause any physical harm to anyone directly. But mm-hmm. oh boy, did his words yeah. empower those who caused people harm. And, you know, the Holocaust didn't start here. The Holocaust didn't start with <laughs> gas chambers. It started with words. And the words led to propaganda, which led to laws, which led to ghettos and gas chambers and killing mm, squads. But right. I'm not saying that we're there now. But I, I do think that we have a responsibility, especially in the era of social media, that when someone says it, what might look like the scale of one thing today we don't know what it could lead to in mm. the days, weeks, months ahead. And I think it's our responsibility to condemn all forms of anti-Semitism out of history proving that words can lead to horrifying blood spill. I wonder, I do wonder about that, about words leading to that, because that, I just wonder. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to even say I'm going to push back. I'll call it a nudge, but I'm like, we're, you know, I, I'm as a playwright, I'm kind of a free speech absolutist in a lot of ways. Uh, Mm. We have to use our speech to, to counter those words as much as possible, but I'm not sure that there's just an unbroken line from a couple nuts talking to Mm -hmm. the Holocaust. It's, 
I mean, it took not a, at all. I, yeah, no, you're right. I, I, yeah. so I also I don't want, I don't want people to, and again, this is just my personal opinion. I think what happened a lot um, during BLM, for example, is things got so sensitive that people found themselves really tiptoeing around race and tiptoeing around their black friends and feeling uncomfortable, even though there was nothing had happened, but just that the, the kind of the conversation was so dicey. And I'm, I worry about that. I worry about like, for me, one of the most offensive things right now is the fact that Israel is controversial and, you know, I'm Israeli, I'm a lefty Israeli. I have my, my problems with the government definitely now, but it's not the argument about Israel that is bothering me as much as it is the kind of ignoring of it or the like, oh, you know, we, we won't put an Israeli flag in this display because we don't want to start shit or we won't, you know, maybe don't talk in Hebrew because, you know, you don't want to offend anybody. So it's the kind of like removing yourself from the conversation that happens when things get really controversial. Well, one of the things that I found to be so hypocritical about people specifically in the, uh, this, I, I might get some serious backlash for saying this. Okay. Nobody in, listens to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> people in the theater community who were posting their support for, or their support for their Jewish friends when, you know, the Kanye rhetoric was being spewed everywhere. And then this week with parade and, and saying, we denounce anti-Semitism in the same the Jewish community. In May of 2021, these same people, uh, and mm-hmm. I don't mean as a monolith, I, I'm thinking, think of specifically. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. There are people in my mind, specifically yeah. that I'm talking about, who posted such horrifying, not pro Palestine, anti Israel yeah. rhetoric. Yeah. And that when that anti Israel rhetoric led to Jewish American blood being spilled mm-hmm. on Sixth Avenue in Manhattan, they didn't say anything. Like, Thank you. So what is your sta- what does your solidarity with Jewish people look like? Is it only yeah, when Israel yeah. is not a part of the equation? Because someone, someone asked me, said Jeremy, you never you never seem to uh, criticize Israel, and I say, I, you know what? I don't. I don't criticize Israel. I criticize Israeli policies that I disagree with. Yeah. I I don't I don't criticize Iran. I don't criticize China. I don't criticize North Korea as a Russia. country. Fine, Russia. I like I. There are things that they do that are terrible. Fine. I that's fine, but. They get to call themselves Russian and live with and choose their own government. That's right. <laughs> that's self determination. And uh, I think right. the nobody, I think nobody you're questions no, one, no one questions Russia's right to exist. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're <laughs> to, but no one, yeah. no one, no one. So questions. It's a lot of space. There's a lot we the can U- do there. The U.S. is right to exist. I loved in the summer of 2020 when my white friends living in Harlem. We're talking about settlements. Um, <laughs> settlements. I'm like, you are white living in a gentrified part of of uh, Manhattan. How dare you talk about Israel when a you've never been there and b you probably can't point out where it is on a map. Yeah, so, yeah. Not to mention where the settlements are and, and what their proportion right. is of also, Israeli I was, society. I was, I was listening to NPR yesterday to their their podcast and they said brief caveat about uh, the West Bank for those of you who haven't listened to the podcast. Um, uh, the West Bank is a territory in Israel that was captured by Israel in 1967. I thought, what interesting language that the Six-Day War led to Israel capturing the West Bank. That's so, not how this did started. Jordan, why did Jordan, did, how did Jordan in, end up with it? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think what your friends have in common, what, what happened in May 2020 and what's happening today is the same is it's kind of the, the same thing is like people's insistence of putting themselves front and center in a very complex mm. situation where they know all they know is like a six minute NPR segment that they listen to. Right. Yeah. So it's like, well, I have I must say something because people are looking at me to say something about you. I'm an activist. About whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think of the like uh, Ralph Wiggum, like on the bus thing. I'm an activist. <laughs> you know, well, mommy, well, I'm so, activisming. So I think that people like we as Americans believe that we are the sun and the rest of the world revolves. Yeah. 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 Around us. So like and what is true for Americans in 2023 must be true for the world in 2023 and and the world in the, in moments of history. So 
So I remember when people were posting on Twitter that Anne Frank had white privilege. It's like, are you kidding me? Are you? Look, yeah, look what her white privilege got her. You, we, can't, we can't look at global things. Got her the highest it. floor in the, in the house. <laughs> in the penthouse. She, how, how do you got, think she made she, it that long? She got the top bunk at Bergen Russell. Are you kidding me? <laughs> we can't look at historical events through modern day American lens, but Americans yeah. cannot do that because. We have a, a really difficult time empathizing. But that's a common bias of all human beings. They look at the ethnocentrism. All of these things happen. Whatever I am, I assume everybody else is. So it may come from somewhat of a good place of kind of empathy. Yeah. Like what I understand must be true for everybody else. Yes, but it's, but it's also, very American. But, I have to say, also, as, as an immigrant, I love America. I mean, I don't need to caveat that. I really do love America. Uh, Otherwise, yes, I would. <laughs> Written by uh, a Jew, by the way. Special, though. Um, it's so diverse. It's like Queens, an entire country of the borough of Queens. It's I thought you were going like, to say an entire country of queens. No, that, that, <laughs> no that's... <laughs> there are a lot of queens in Tel Aviv. No, but, but I was going to say that Americans are are very much, and especially Americans of a certain generation, uh, looking at you millennials, uh, really do and Gen like... Z. And Gen Z. Yeah, but they're so checked out. They're like... Uh, They've had like, enough. They have TikTok brain. They have no idea what's going on. But they're so, you know, it's almost comical when they look at things and like they compare like Gaza to Ferguson. I'm like, really? That's all you got in your like arsenal of knowledge? You know that there's a place called Ferguson and you know that there's a place called Gaza and bad things happen in both of them. Therefore, we must fit them both on a protest sign. Oh, they're young. I mean, they're silly. I had a friend ask me once, um, a Jewish person, he said, how am I supposed to feel when people ask? Like, people have asked me the whole life, what are your thoughts on Israel? And I never know how to respond. What do I say? And, and I said, you don't have to respond. You don't have to respond. Mm. Hello, black friend. No. What do you think about basketball? How's that? Or like, <laughs> or like, hey, Chinese-American friend who was born in Queens, what do you think about China's government? <laughs> how racist would that be to ask a yes. Chinese-American person who was never well, that's been a good point. Yeah. what they think of China's government? But yeah. somehow... That, that's the thing that I think bothers me about going back to your point Ask an Arab American what they think about terrorism. Like, oh, right. that's <laughs> awful. One of the worst right. things you could possibly do. Like, Right. And I just, I think it's that double standard that I have a really big problem with. So, for example, do I think that Bradley Cooper is the wrong choice to play Leonard Bernstein? I don't know. I haven't seen the movie yet. But if Bradley Cooper were cast to play Desi Arnaz in a movie about oh, yeah. I Love Lucy, People would lose their shit. Mm. And I wanted to. They got some explaining to do. No, no, I think that's a great, great point because I I do want to ask you about that. And and Jeremy and I talked about a little bit about Jew face, right? So I'm of of two two minds about this. On one hand, I think it's silly and I think anybody should play anybody, Uh, especially if that person is Bradley Cooper and and Helen Mirren, like I said, we're not going to get better than Helen Mirren, you guys. Like, that's pretty great for us. But on the other hand, I wonder if there's like I, I see my I see my actor friends doing all kinds of hmms and haws. Well, I'm just like, but how, also how Judy Dench. <laughs> yeah, at least Judy Dench is short. That's the thing. You know, you could no, but, but you the rocky Hebrew accent. The other the other side of this, and this is what what I was telling Jeremy yesterday, is I wonder if there's like a bit of a uh, like a prisoner's dilemma of offenses here, of where like if everybody's going to be offended and everybody's going to kind of hold on to their somebody only playing you know the person from their exact pedigree and only the jews say it's cool then are the jews going to be the ones who are going to get the short end of the stick i think my problem with with jew face is again it's the double standard i don't yeah. have a necessarily a problem with a non-jew playing a jewish role and i just want to say i have no problems with bradley cooper whatsoever zero well, problems and, and between we, me and bradley cooper the movie probably wouldn't be made without bradley Right. And so I, mm-hmm. I'm the biggest Leonard Bernstein fan in the world. I have a picture of him conducting on the mantle in my apartment. I love him endlessly. I'm never going to root against. We don't want Jonah Hill to play Leonard Bernstein. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'd, rather hear, I'd rather see Russell Crowe and Lemis. <laughs> I'd rather see Jonah Hill and Lemis. But um, yeah. But, so, like, as an isolated, I go back and forth. So I'm like, 
we I know that we need non-Jews to help us in the fight against anti-Semitism and the fight for Jewish acceptance in Jewish culture. Mm-hmm. And what an amazing if if the the opposite of hate or if the antidote to hate is education. What an amazing opportunity to give people the opportunity to educate and empathize while playing a Jewish person. Mm. So in that regard, I'm for it. However, I think David Bedil said it best. I hope I'm a, I might be saying his name wrong, but when yes, I wrote you were saying Jews, it absolutely right. When he said Jews don't count, that we talk to about me, him every episode. <laughs> that implies that there is something that other people are being counted for and Jews do not count. And mm. it is that double standard that I have a problem with. It is the fact that American Jews are expected to have an opinion about Israeli government and Israeli politics, but Chinese Americans aren't expected. It would be racist to assume the same for Chinese Americans and China's government. If Bradley Cooper was cast as Desi Arnaz, it would be mayhem and he'd be canceled. But because he's cast as a Jew, it's not a problem. And that double standard is what I think is at the heart of Jew face. Again, we're not asking anti-Semitism to be made the top priority. Just make it a priority. Make it why, why part do of the you conversation. Think that is? Why, why is that double standard, in your opinion? At least in, like, culture. I, I, got, a, I got a theory about this. Because right? I think we've been trying for, you know, uh, 50, you know, 100 years to be white. We changed our names to things like, you know, Irving, which was not actually a Jewish name, it was a British, you know, aristocratic name, George, instead of Gershon. My grandfather's name was Gershon. He took George. That's about as English as you get. We tried to be Wasp. Then we got there. And I just got into the country club 20 minutes ago. And they're like, get out, Whitey. You can't. You can't do this anymore. And I'm like, wait, what? I just we just I'm got not here. white. Like, what is it? What happened? I just got to the country club and you're kicking me out because I am white. Like, I think it's a little I think that's part, some of it is we kind of brought it on ourselves in that's trying, a great theory. part of the diaspora to kind of like, OK, we, we want to do this, too. We want to we want to be part of American civilization as part of the melting pot instead of the salad bowl. So mm. I think we're kind of sometimes we're we're paying for that a little bit, but also I think it is that you know there's this belief that Jews can kind of hide uh, and pretend and take off the kippah and shave off the pay you know <laughs> shave off the payas and and I'm like don't that's not that's a that's another closet like I don't you can be exactly. as Jewish as you want to be or as not Jewish right. as you don't want to be you know yes I think the fact that we that people on the left are actively trying to dismantle the closet or the concept of the closet for the LGBTQIA2S plus communities. But for some reason, if it was safer for Jews to assume the appearance of white, if we, if it was safer for us to, um, um, to wear a baseball cap instead of a kippah, then we should do that. We would never ask a gay person to act straight to be safe. That Mm. would be, so homophobic. So why is it okay to push Jews into the proverbial closet? But for again, it's the same double standard. So why? Are, why is, what is but that? are Jews pushing themselves, or is are, are other people pushing Jews? Are Jews like doing a lot of this? I don't know. Maybe sometimes but, we there, there's pressure. To sometimes I feel like we're our own worst enemy. Yes, yeah. but wait, but but if we are pushing ourselves into the closet, is it because we want to, or is it because it's a, a response to the? the world around us. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. But I don't know that we can be blamed for... I, I remember I about 15... I have 10, to leave 15, Okay. okay. Oh, this, this, is a, this is a fun little story I don't... But I want... Because I, I wanted to talk, say it before you left. I re, it was a friend of mine visiting from France uh, who's a Tunisian Jew from Paris. Uh, or he's half Tunisian. And we're walking home from Shul for, in Queens on Yom Tov, And I don't remember which one it was. Some Yom Tov. And we're walking back, and he'd left his kippah on, and he looked so afraid. Mm. And I thought, yeah. dude, you're in Queens. This is not a problem. And now today, it's kind of a problem. And I, I feel awful. And I don't want anyone to feel wrong or bad for not being themselves. You know, mm-hmm. I, want, I don't want anyone to feel bad for being themselves. It's not... Well, I don't want anybody to be scared because I think being, and and there's a lot of talk um, about there's something going on around the internet called uh, Day of Hate tomorrow. 
And by the time we release this episode, it'll be over. So I can always cut this part out if I'm wrong about it. But it, it seems to me like... Uh, oh, today's you know, your day of hate? You've been doing to, this since to, since, yeah. <laughs> since Wagner? And you pick into that this is your special day. Okay. I, I see more. I see... I've, I've not seen one real post about this day of hate. Um, all I've seen is people denouncing the day of hate. Um, but I've also seen a lot of people saying, be careful and, and walk in pairs and things like that. And, and to me, you know, on one hand, I, I want people to be careful. I don't I want people to be safe, but I also think like, oh, there's a day of hate. Like, fuck yeah. Let's like bring it. Let's wear our stars of David. Let's wear our Israel shirts, uh, and, and kind of be proud. I know not everybody can react to that, but, but to me that, that, that response, there is sometimes a response to anti-Semitism that is kind of like, let's go deeper in the closet. Uh, no, but I, I don't know if, if that's, if that's something you see as well. But it's we've also been armed since that. You You're know, also both actors. So, well, but look, it's in the Haggadah. <laughs> we've been told in every generation, they're going to rise up against us. And that's where we get strength from. And I'm sometimes mm-hmm. it gets worse than we can handle, but there's always right. going to be people who can't stand us just for existing. And for that reason alone, you've got to stand up and say, here I am. Okay. Well, Ari, I know you have to leave. Oh, sorry, go yeah. ahead. I was going to say, I think if we retreat into the closet out of fear for what would happen to us, we are, we are letting the anti-Semites in the room dictate how we express our Jewish identities. And our ancestors did not survive worse so that we today kowtow to anti-Semites who don't hold a candle to the Nazis or to Haman or to the Inquisitionists. I, yeah. I, I refuse to let anti-Semites dictate how I live my life as a Jew. Fuck They're that. not even good I'm at being look. anti-Semites. They're not even like... Yeah. You I don't know, want they them can't to be even, better. Let's not... Yeah, no, exactly. But I'm saying, they're great. not even I love like, what you're doing. getting elected <laughs> no. and organized. But Ari, no, I, know, I know you have to leave. So I wanted to I wanted to ask, maybe you can leave us with some something positive. I don't know if... if I know you met a lot of people this week from the theater community, kind of came together yeah. to talk about what happened. Give us give us some good news. What'd you hear? Well, um, and I'll, a- I'll just point out and say that I heard about this from an Instagram of a friend, uh, Robin De Jesus, who is not Jewish and not, yeah. you know, involved in Jewish causes at all. But he shared it, which which I thought wow. was was nice. That's awesome. Um, I think what was really amazing about this group of people gathering with such short notice I mean, it was with like less than less than 24 hours notice. well you did say there would be pizza so you're gonna get a lot of juice and there was and i bought seven pizzas and at the end of the night there were two slices left hmm that's not and bad these are and actors you, who should be watching their way <laughs> and it wasn't like it was dominoes it was like new york slices the size you bought the yeah. pizza yourself that's really nice i did it was good pizza. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i i what I was moved by was, as I as I am, anytime I'm in a, a room full of Jews, um, I see a miracle that somehow, against all odds, like we should not still be here. Like, mm. like some, the fact that Jews are still here is nothing short of a miracle. The amount of times that that should have been the end of us but wasn't, or too many to count. Mm. So when I looked around the room and I saw around 60 people gather in response to it, an awful thing that, that was hurt. It hurt to see, it hurt to hear about, it hurt to know that that could happen. To see that even in spite of that, we gather as a community, that we can still find a way to come together and bear witness to the miracle of not only Jewish resilience, but Jewish vitality. What I will end with is that I think that when Jews, when we clink our Manashevitz glasses together, (laughs) we say l'chaim, which means to life. And I think that it is time that we take ourselves literally when we say that, because what we have been striving for my whole life, I've heard about striving for Jewish resilience, but I think resilience connects us to the thing that we are being resilient from. I'm much more interested in Jewish vitality, which has an eye to the future and how we're going to live, not just how we're going to survive, which is why when you go to the Strand bookstore and you see all those books in the Judaism section, 
they're about Jewish death, not about Jewish life. <laughs> yeah, people I love dead Jews, as Dara Horn we, said. We, as Jews, have a responsibility to, if we tell the world how to see us, we first need to believe that how we see ourselves is, it is more important to see and, and to notice and give voice to how we live, and not just how we didn't die, or how we did die. So, Amen. if, if you're was- listening... Fight for Jewish life, not just against anti-Semitism. Well, for every anti-Semite right? that comes out, I think a Jew a Jew gets his wings, or like somebody <laughs> <laughs> somebody like remembers that they're Jewish or comes out. <laughs> I, I, I was at a synagogue in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, a few weeks ago, which is lovely, and there was an older couple there who he wasn't Jewish. She had just discovered that her father, who was by the way the eighth person to walk on the moon, fun fact. She had just discovered that her father's mother was Jewish. And here they are, this couple in their 60s who are farmers in Wyoming attending Shabbat services. So it was pretty Lanceman. cool. Whoa. Welcome. Yeah. Members of the tribe. Members are welcome. Wild. Yeah, exactly. Good thing Kyla wow. isn't here because she'd start talking about like Orthodox conversion and all that stuff. But <laughs> we, don't, we don't need that kind of negativity here. And what time is sundown on the moon? Yeah. <laughs> it go, keeps going around and around. So Shabbat must be a pain in the ass there. All right. Ari did something kind of special at that meeting. He opened it up with everybody, which nor- under normal circumstances might seem incredibly uh, uh, tiresome, opened up with a theatrical, let's all just take a breath together. But it was like, hey, we're all Jews and we're all breathing. Let's remember that. This is a good thing. It could have been insufferable under yeah. normal theater conditions, but I would, it could only get better from here. I was like, we're, we're here, God damn it. That's enough. Yeah. Yeah. We're and here, that. God damn it. That's the name of the musical that we're all going to write. <laughs> all right, I got to run. Shabbat all shalom. right, thank you guys Shabbat so shalom. much. Appreciate it. Bye. Bye.